Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you, our lovely listeners. Apologies for the brief hiatus that we've had, but we're back today. So hello and welcome back to our four play music podcast and episode three. I'm David Turner based in Devon and I'm delighted to join with my three co-hosts and music brothers. So Darren, also in Devon. Hi there, yeah, how you doing Dave? Good stuff. Our, our Welshman, Alan, who is based in Luton. Yeah, hi Dave, how you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. And uh, last good. but not least, Mark from uh, Newry, who is an Edinburgh resident of many years now. All right, Dave. <laughs> with with <laughs> a multitude of accents to, to share with us, which is great. Just to confuse everybody. <laughs> We're talking of which, we might confuse some people because I've had a look at some of the figures that we've had of our listeners and incredibly, we've got people listening from over 20 different countries across five continents, which uh, which is something. Oh. And, and included in those countries, so I, I know I know at least one person that's dialed in from, uh, from the Philippines, I know several people there. We've also got Guam, India, Pakistan, Macedonia, uh, I think there's Poland, um, but Iraq. Oh, that's mainly officially global. That's, that's mainly at Narag. Oh, is it? Oh, go on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who's you, that? Fra- Frankie. Frankie who? Frankie who? Frankie, Frankie well, do you Frank- make Normas? Do you make otherwise known as Pope Francis? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's there, he's there today. Um, I was on the blower to him, you see, a couple of days ago, and I says, oh, well, what's the crack for the weekend? He says, oh, I'm heading over to Iraq. And uh, and as ex head altar boy of Newry Cathedral, nineteen ninety ninety one, I um I've got a bit of sway, a bit of sway with a fella. Yeah. So um yeah yeah I just said be careful out there, uh, don't go um super spreading on me, and uh, <laughs> have a listen to the podcast. And there you have it, there he is, fair play to him, he stuck to his word. Good man, well welcome Frankie, thank you very much. Should we call this one Frankie goes to Iraq then? Should we? <laughs> We can do. <laughs> I did tell him to relax. <laughs> <laughs> Way too good. Um, before we get onto the music, Power of love. <laughs> okay. So before we get onto the music, just want to encourage anyone if they haven't already read any of the the feedback on our Facebook page to to give that a, a read. Plenty of great comments, great suggestions about songs, um, and encouragement for us as well. I'm pleased to say. Um, I'll say a special thank you to Amanda for her kind words uh, for us and, and the podcast, and also to know that we're providing the public service, even if it is to help cure insomnia. Yeah, <laughs> thanks again. Thanks to um, loads of my friends that I've badgered to join the group that have joined in and joined in the conversation. I didn't make a list, but I'll name check you in the next one. Thanks, guys. It's been really good. Yeah, and a shout out to uh, uh, my mate and uh, Dave knows him as well as big man, uh, Ilty Jones. Uh, we used to uh, know him when we worked for the bank, and he's he's now uh, out uh, searching for film sets in California. He goes all around the world, and yeah, he enjoyed the uh, quip last time. He was uh, the 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 when I was talking about the uh, Elton John song Philadelphia Freedom. And I managed to link that to Philadelphia cream cheese. He thought that was quite good. <laughs> More of those coming today, I'm sure. Yeah. And I remember his uh, his good buddy, Martin Davis, who I used to work with and used to sometimes play some tennis with. And he was the biggest Roxy fan I ever came across. So musical connections everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Superb. 
Guys, should we kick off then? So we're joining up today um, and the challenge was to come up with our four favourite romantic songs. Apparently that should be pretty straightforward. Oh, yeah, yeah. And obviously I think we had a bit of a chat that romantic might be stretched slightly on a couple of these. But... Yeah, you know, I had to I had to leave a whole lot of Rosie by ACDC out. That was my interpretation of romantic, but there you go. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, maybe love or passion or whatever it may be. But. Yeah, what about Iron Maid? Bring your daughter to the slaughter. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. That's affectionate, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, uh, it's your daughter, though. You know, that's uh, you know, crossing the line there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially maybe. if you're taking her to the slaughter. You know, yeah. maybe I'll Charlotte. Oh. Yeah, I will when I see her. <laughs> when she's back from the abattoir. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Slaughter, but slaughter perhaps is a nice romantic restaurant. Beautiful. Beautiful. Brilliant. <laughs> Let, let's move on, I think. Um Alan, you're up first. I'm up first. Okay. So um I'm going back to 19 May 1975 with this one. And it was written um about his wife. This bloke, basically his wife, said, you don't say you love me enough. So this is where he got the idea. And it was written by a chap called Eric Stewart and his bandmate, Graham Gouldman, mm. who together with Godly and Cream formed 10CC. And the song I've uh, picked is uh, I'm Not In Love by them. Uh, it's featured on the uh, album and 1975, the original soundtrack. Um, Great. This originally, the idea was abandoned when you know the, the Stuart and Goldman originally brought it to the to the group, and um, Godly and Cream hated it, and they you know kept on bringing it up, and they said, look, the only way you're gonna you know have any chance with this is completely reworking it. So they went away and they came back and. This is what they ended up with. Um, it's um, it is a really, really lovely, I think, romantic song. Really is. Um, it's for a for for a single. It, it it was yeah, came out as a single. It was over six minutes long, um, and originally they were asked to shorten it, but because of the appreciation for the song at the time, they were you know they they always ended up playing the full version on radio play, um, you know, at the time. And um, I was just reading up a couple of facts about it. And one interesting thing is um, you'll recall part of the song where it's, it's mostly softly spoken. And there isn't, there is some music in it, but a lot of it is made up of harmonies. And the, if you couldn't recall where it goes, ah. Uh, yeah. It's beautiful. They, yeah. They spent... <laughs> Three weeks recording that, just that word. Wow. They spent three weeks, and they eventually built up a choir of about forty-eight different voices, and and that. Can you imagine doing that? Wow. Yeah, unbelievable. You did it in seconds as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, give me forty-eight. Give me an hour. I've got those done. Yeah. Any your daughter's still in the slaughter. She's uh, <laughs> well, not yeah, coming I've, back. <laughs> I mean the um, 
this song apparently was the one that really cracked it with the music company. They basically heard it, you know, the second version and said, okay, well, how much money do you want? You know, we'll, you know, you, you know, we're going to sign you for, for years. How much money do you want? That sort of thing. Um, but yeah, a lovely song. Um, I think a lot of people will be familiar with it. Um, it's got, a, it's got a little bit towards the end where, there's a, a lady whispering, saying, be quiet, big boys don't cry. Yeah. That bit. Um, well, apparently this came from Eric Stewart uh, saying that in the studio once to, you know, to quiet the, the band down. And um, he said, look, I can't use a man's voice on this. We've got to get, you know, a woman to say this. And so um, what they, with that, in that, instant in came the, the band secretary and she said something and he said that's it that's the that's the voice we want and they basically she didn't she wasn't up for it but she basically recorded it there and then um yeah so a great track and featuring my mate graham gulman i've had the pleasure to to meet once and i think i've told you the story about that one um and uh, we won't have time for it today, unfortunately, to regale it again. But uh, yeah, Graham Goulman's wrote a lot of songs in his own right. Um, uh, Billy Don't Be a Hero. Well, oh, right. He's written loads and loads of songs that you, you probably didn't realise. But okay. yeah, so that's what I'm kicking off with. 10cc, I'm Not In Love, from May 1975, from the album. For all you people watching at home, the okay. original sound you never fail, Alan. You never fail <laughs> to show the album on Let's, the podcast. <laughs> Let's not forget, it was also one of the, the great slow songs that you had at the end of a disco. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great choice. Yeah. Many a time I've sat round the edge listening to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me and you both. <laughs> or you'd or you be lucky enough to hand her 10p and say, phone your ma. Tell her he'll be home late. <laughs> uh -huh. Of course, there's a whole new audience for that song now, as it's on the yeah. Galaxy soundtrack as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I just have Alan resonating in my head saying, be quiet, big boys don't cry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they do, though. Kind of, <laughs> they do, indeed. And why, and why not? Uh, absolutely. Brilliant. I'm fond of shedding a tear or two. I'll try and edit that bit out. We can have that as our intro sound this week. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, see this two done already. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Um, great, great start there. Mark, yeah, you're up. Oh, heck. Right. Me next. Um, okay. I'm going to start with an obvious one. Um, I mentioned in the last podcast or the one before, I'm not sure. Um, a huge, huge hero of mine, one of, one of my big influences, uh, was Christy Moore. And um, the song wasn't actually written by Christy. Uh, it was written by a guy called Richard Thompson. And, uh, and, I, and I call out to Richard Thompson, who's a good mate of mine, actually, from Coleraine. And uh, he is actually the spitting image of Brian Ferry. Um, lucky fella. But it's not him who wrote it, but another chap called Rich, Richard Thompson. I came across Beeswing only, I'd say, maybe uh, not even 10 years ago. And uh, I haven't followed Christy for the best part of well, 25, 30 years, anyway. Um, this was a late, 
late one into the the fray. Um, I, I was always fond of a song called "The Voyage" by Christie, and it was all about this. Um, my ideal perception of how love would would turn out to be, you know, I'd uh, I'd meet the love of my life when I was nineteen twenty, would settle down and uh, get married, and uh, one of the lines in the voyage is, "Life is an ocean, love is a boat. In troubled waters, it'll keep us afloat." And it was all very idyllic. However, Beeswing is probably more uh, relevant and, and resonates with me more. And it's um, the opening line is, I, I was 18 when I came to town. They called it the summer of love. Uh, burning babies, burning flags, the locks against the dove. So it's all this. Him, him, him going from, you know, the, the quiet, his quiet surroundings in Ireland that he had over there. It sounds like England or something, or, or the States, in my case, coming over to Scotland and then just been, um, thrown into this different life and meeting somebody. So he meets somebody during the song and uh, she doesn't suffer fools gladly. And uh, she's basically saying she won't settle down. She's not fond of it, having the idea of having kids. But it goes, it goes through this whole story. Anyway, he loses her. Um, she's too fond. She's, she's basically, she's a wild um, sort of uh, spirited one and um she um she ends up with a a, a Romany, uh, you know, a, a, a gypsy called Romany Brown, and she ends up living in a caravan and um drinking herself to death. Basically, it is a love song. Okay. <laughs> I mean, tears you more. <laughs> it is a love song, though. If if you listen, if you listen to it, though, it's 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 beautiful. It's about a girl that he fell for at a young age who completely. Took him, took his heart. Uh, he lost her because she was looking for one thing, he was looking for another. And he's at the end of the song, he, he's he's wondering, you know, where is she now? Uh, what's she up to? The last time I saw her, she was, you know, she was doing this, and uh, you know, that's the last I heard of her. Um, but the last line of the song is, um, uh, well, she was a rare thing, fine as a bee's wing. I miss her more than ever words can say. If I could just taste all of her wildness now, if I could hold her in my arms today, I wouldn't want her any other way. In other words, he's glad that she came into his life, even though he lost her. Mm. So, um, yeah, bee's wing is in my top four, I would say. And very romantic it is too. Yeah, lovely song. Certainly need to listen to that one. That's one I'll... Um... Are we, we're publishing this playlist, aren't we, David? Is I am. Fun? I'm going to conjure up a little playlist on Spotify, and I will share that with with the masses. Fantastic. That's what I need to listen to. Brilliant stuff, um, Mr. Parr. Over to you. Okay. Right. So there's another reason I didn't uh, let you know in advance what's coming up here. Um, there's a French connection here that I think Mr. Turner in particular might appreciate. But I thought I'd give a little bit of a, a quiz for you all and for everybody at home. Right. So I'm going to, you guys, I'm going to look for when one of your hands gets raised or you look okay. knowingly. So I think I might give it away on the very first one, but I'd be surprised. So this gentleman was born Ellie Robert Fitoussi. Any hands going up already? No, I didn't think so. You might not ever get this, and it's a real curveball for me, I think. Um, he was known for his sunglasses and his white Fender Stratocaster. Oh, We've got a hand, Mr. Hollywood. No, it's going back down again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no worries. Um, 
He first performed with a French garage band called, sorry about the um, pronunciation, David, but Le Treffel. Oh, oh, the hand's gone up again. Is it, is it La Bicifri? No, good guess. Oh, good all guess. right, okay. <laughs> um, and so during the 1970s, this guy formed the progressive rock group, David Explosion. So there's a clue there with the David. And there's still a hand. I thought this might happen. And he was also a guitarist for Vangelis in the early 1970s. That's the biggest clue. You don't get it now, then you're not going to. So this is, it's just a simple song, which is a clue for you as well. But I was 10 years old and this was played at school discos. And it's always stayed with me. And it's the gentleman changed his name to F.R. David. And the song is called Words. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. A bit, of a bit of a synth pop classic. Really. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, I probably haven't played it for decades, but it's always in my head. It's always a song I think about. And I think it reminds me of being 10, 11, 12, formative years, and just not um, being afraid to speak to women and girls, as we most of us are when we're younger. Um, wow. Released as a single in 1982, peaked at number one in Germany, Switzerland, Sweden, Austria, and Norway, but only got to number two over here. Um, and it's just one of those songs that when you when I first heard it, the lyrics sort of just oh. resonated. And I, and I no it, reason why. I guess it transports not, you back there straight away, doesn't it? As soon as you even think about it, yeah. it just takes you back to you, the 10-year-old Darren. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does. And he never really had any other massive hits, not even with Le Trefel, who nobody's ever heard of. But um, And I never knew he was in a progressive rock group, which sounds totally out of place for him. Um, but he's actually still going, still performing. Okay. And in 2006, he released a French language version as a duet as well. Good called The Words de J'aime C'est Mot. There you go. Oh, oh say, that, say that again, <laughs> Darren. <Darren's laughs> lovely. Words de J'aime C'est Le Mot. Oh, way, <laughs> way. Oui, oui. The way I say it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that's just one that, I mean, presumably you guys are aware of it. Words. Oh, give it a, yeah. Give it words is all I have. Yeah. Oh, that one. Oh, the one that. Don't come easy to me. How can I find a way? That one. No, you don't. Ah, I've got some. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do, Alan. You'd know. Eurovision. Have a listen later. You'll remember it. I'm thinking of words and words. No, that wasn't. But no, you're thinking of. Yeah, you're thinking of that slight one by Boyzone. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, the, the, original was, the original was good. <laughs> yeah. Well, the FR David. Yeah. Well, that was his song. You, you probably got it upstairs in your vinyl and just haven't listened to it for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> but a bit of an odd one for me to choose, but it's literally, I mean, I, we weren't really thinking about things that shaped us this time, but it's just one that I had to put in there. Wow. That's a great choice. Sorry, Alan. I didn't see that one coming. No, neither did I, really. I didn't <laughs> think it would make it up. It made it on the shortlist, but I didn't think it would actually make Brilliant. it up there. Brilliant. <laughs> okay, let me go now. So uh, the one I'm going to call out first, it's not so much romantic as lustful. Um, the guy who sings this was clearly thinking about his uh, nether regions when he started singing... The lyrics, um, come on, baby, light my fire. So Jim Morrison, 1967, one oh, of the one of the great records. Uh, 
I don't want to go into the lyrics too much. He's trying to convince a girl <laughs> to obviously to get to bed with him and uh, he's not promising much more. So at least he's no cad other than what he's trying to do. But it's it's the music. How fantastic is the music on, on that song? Absolutely, absolutely amazing. Uh, but it did cause some controversy and I did a little bit of research on this one. It wasn't so much about come on baby light my fire but there there were concerns in in america uh, about the use of girl we couldn't get much higher because it was interpreted as, as a drug reference and he mm. was they were due to perform the show one night on the ed sullivan show and they were told to alter those words and they didn't jim gladly sung the lyrics in full and it was the last time they ever performed on on ed sullivan but morrison was pretty happy at least they got to perform on there so. No, it's a great track. Yeah, yeah great choice. A great instrumental in the middle. Oh, the, the Hammond or, or the, it's a Hammond organ. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. Yeah, played it once. I end up having to play it at least two or three times. <laughs> yeah, some great live live versions as well as that. Yeah, yeah they could they could string that on to you know twelve thirteen minutes. Oh, right. Know. It's a long track anyway, but. Yeah, but yeah, I love that. Love the doors. Good choice, David. Was that Ray? Was it Ray Manzarek, the keyboard player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great solo, that one. Yeah, great. I can't believe that I didn't even consider that for this list. It just shows how much music there is. I oh, yeah, there is. There is. If I thought of it, I think it would have been in there. Brilliant. Yeah, if I, if I know if I known you were going to choose that, David, I would have chosen a whole lot of Rosie. I can do. <laughs> look, there's there's still a chance you can look at you can. Think about something else if you want to try and come up with another one. There's still time for you. Yeah. Uh, you can do Talk that whilst my... <laughs> <laughs> Alan, back round to you now. Back round to me. Okay, right. So this song, actually, uh, uh, the studio version of this uh, appeared on a 1974 album called Nightlife. Uh, but the version I'm thinking of and love is the one that appeared on a live album released in June 78 uh, called Live and Dangerous by Thin Lizzy. And the track in question is called Still in Love with You. Uh, it's a fantastic rock ballad, I could call it. Um, starts off really, really slow and then eventually uh, picks up and you know, in between a lovely uh, solo guitar, guitar solo, sorry. Um, you know, it gets quite heavy towards the end, but yeah, I love it. It was um, it was originally uh, thought to be like a, an idea of not not just the thin, uh, Phil Linnett, uh, but also Gary Moore. Um, and um, there was a, he had a track called Al, Al I'll help you see it through, it was called. Um, but uh, when more left, um, it, it, it was then credited to, you know, to, to Phil Inner. And, you know, it still, still is. Um, it's, it, I mean, the, the album itself is allegedly one of the most revered uh, live albums, you know, in the history of live album recordings. Um, uh, and it was actually, you'd think it was one complete concert, but no, it's um, from London, Philadelphia and Toronto uh, in different years. Um, but it, I just 
find it a really, really sincere, the way that Phil sings it. Uh, it's so sincere, and um, you, you, you can almost hear him kind of, you know, getting quite quite moved with the words when he sings it. Um, yeah. um, and it's been called probably, uh, you know, the band's greatest romantic ballad. I think you, you could say that. I can't yeah, think of any others in their repertoire. And um, probably... You know the uh, the album itself is probably the highlight of Linnet's musical career. Um, I know he, he he you know they went on to you know have some some other great albums and singles, um, but yeah. So and uh, there's a theme here, but you know it's quite a long one. I do like a long love song, yeah. uh, and this clocks in at seven minutes forty. Wow. Um, Again, apparently, the, when they were demoing, demoing the original material around around the time of, you know, before the, the release of Nightlife, um, this song existed um, in its guise at the time. And it was one of the reasons why they got signed to Phonogram, because um, they loved it so much. And, but, yeah, so, uh, again, I've uh, played that a few times at discos. Um, probably not the last song of the night, but maybe just to slow things down and and give a chance for you know more uh, some the uh, heavy music lovers to to go out and shake their heads and uh, to have a dance around. But yeah, great great song and um, sung sincerely, I thought, and and it's an excellent recording. So that's my second choice. And and for listeners who haven't heard Alan's story of meeting Phil Linets, then uh, please tune into a previous podcast. Yes, sorry, I, again, it's the theme, another theme, yeah, I've met Graham Goulburn and I've also uh, met Phil Linnet, so yeah. Awesome. The gentlemen they are. Brilliant, great choice there. Um, yeah, we've got some sure. cracking records on here, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. More to come as well, we're only, what are we, five in? Five in, five in. Mark, I don't yeah. know if you've had a little play around with your list, but your second nomination. Yeah, based on, based on your doors choice, my next choice is uh, Big Balls by SEDC. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm sticking with that. No. <laughs> so my, my next choice, uh, it, it reminds me of my, my, my dear father, um, who's... who's passed on 12 years ago, but uh, I've mentioned this before in a few of our podcasts. Um, he used to get up on a Sunday morning and he'd stick on Boyneside Radio and uh, some some great music that I didn't appreciate at the time when I was in my, in my youth. And, uh, you know, once you get into your 20s, 30s, uh, you, you really do. You look back quite fondly and, and realise that some of this music was fantastic. Uh, my next choice is a song that was actually originally written by a chap called James Thornton uh, way back in 1898. And um, it was inspired by and sung by the, his wife at the time. And um, it became a, a hit song in vaudeville. Um, it's been recorded by artists... Um, it really took off, off in, in the 1940s 
It was recorded by people like Perry Como, Joseph Locke, Al Jolson, uh, Dick Jurgen, Steve Conway. But my my favourite version of it is by a chap called Davy Arthur and the Furies. And the song is called um, When You Were Sweet 16. Uh, and it's, it's haunting. Every time I hear it, uh, I think of the old man. I think just how pure it is. It's just pure, innocent. Uh, your first love uh, when you first set eyes on her and uh, all those um, lovely, lovely memories come back um, uh, of, 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 of dad and of, uh, yeah, my first ever love, which was around the age of 16, 17. Um, I, I, I particularly like the live version and um, I, I recommend it to anyone who hasn't heard it. If you haven't heard it, uh, do please give it a listen. Definitely. Look, uh, I haven't heard it, but I'll definitely pop that on the on the playlist um, just just yeah. to capture it. Is it one you ever play very often, or is it just one when you hear it just triggers those those memories of your dad? Uh, it's it's one that when I stick it on random, I'll just stop on my tracks. So um, you know, one minute you've got Big Balls by ACDC, <laughs> and next minute you've got uh, uh, you know that this this eclectic mix shooting through the house, and then you've got When, when You Were Sweet 16. It's just that the chorus goes, um, like, I love you as I love you. I, I love you as I've never loved you since first I met you on the village green. Uh, come to me uh, or my dream of love is over. I, I love you as I loved you when you were sweet 16. It's just really, really simple. And the tune itself, there's nothing complicated about it. But, yeah, it, it's. Um, I don't stick it on deliberately because uh, it, it does make me uh, reflect a lot but it's in the top four because just because of I think the strength of emotion behind it Brilliant. Um, and I think if, if, if the folk out there including Pope Francis in Iraq <laughs> have a wee listen to it he, even though he, he's no girlfriends himself <laughs> allegedly we know <laughs> allegedly uh, it, yeah it, it's, it's a lovely tune it really is Brilliant. Great, great addition that we have there. Yep. Um, so then, Darren, you're number two. Uh, yeah, thank you. So it's strange how this has worked out, but uh, there's a link that Mark might appreciate here now, really. Um, this way, forgive me if I'm wrong, but is it Glenagiri in Dublin? Glenagiri? Glen... Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. How do you spell it? Glen Gregory from Hamilton. <laughs> G-E-A-R-Y. G-E-A-R-Y, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so controversial lady was born there. So this song, do you know already? He's got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a classic song. So arguably, this was on her second album, arguably her biggest hit in 1989. Such an emotional classic performance um, about loss and love for her mum who died fatally in a car crash sadly in 1985 really understated instrumental backing to it um, it's Sinead O'Connor with Nothing Compares to You yeah great choice um, yeah I just think for me back in the day when this was out it <laughs> the song just perfectly suited her voice um, the video 
is stunning. So simple, so simplistic. Um, and she actually said that at the end of the video, when she starts crying, it wasn't her plan to cry in the video. And as she was singing it, she just thought about her mother and pa the passing of her mother only, I think, four or five years earlier. And the tears just started and she thought, you know what, I'm going to let it go. And it adds so much to the video. Absolutely stunning. Um, and the song's amazing, written by Prince, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. Prince, I've always, it's probably a bit controversial as well, but um, I've always struggled to, to, to listen to Prince. It's, I can't deny he's classic, I can't deny he's a legend, but it's just never really done it for me. And he's done a version of that song, which I don't think is anything like as good as Sinead O'Connor's. Um, bit of a story behind it as well, that she never actually met Prince or spoken to Prince before she recorded it. And she said they, back in 2014, she came out and said that they didn't actually ever get on and they had a bit of a punch-up. <laughs> he summoned her to his house after she did it. Um, he, she said, it's very foolish to do this to an Irish woman because he said he didn't like her saying bad words in interviews. And it was almost kind of putting a bad light, throwing him in a bad light. Uh, she told him to fuck off and he apparently got very violent with her. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I can imagine that probably she'd win in that fight. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably him that was more scared. He was <laughs> a funny, think... funny guy, wasn't he, Prince? Yeah. Did you yeah. see uh, um, Graham Norton a few weeks ago? And uh, they had this American TV presenter on. And uh, he, was <laughs> he was telling about the time that he was summoned by one of Prince's henchmen to go and play table tennis <laughs> with Prince. <laughs> Yeah. Right. right. So, <laughs> as you do. Uh, so he, he was. Uh, they they picked him up in a you know limousine, and he was taken to this hotel. He walked up to the hotel, and a guy on the door. He said, uh, "He said oh, I'm here to <laughs> I'm here to play table tennis <laughs> with Prince." So yeah, yeah, he knew all about it. So he walked him <laughs> through the hotel went down and, and then found this little room and um you know standing at one side of this table tennis table was prince you know knocking the ball and um anyway they played a few few games and things like that and uh uh i think eventually he ended up um you know getting to win the match and it was you know it was more or less the final point and anyway, with that Prince served, he hit it so fast that it went off the table and, you know, a good 20 yards the other side of the room. So this TV presenter uh, had to go and get the ball. He got the ball, stood up, turned round, and Prince had gone. <laughs> he scuppered. I guess Prince won then, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Well, he, he was he was quite small. Maybe he was under the table. <laughs> yeah. Somebody anyway, took the stool from him. Yeah, but uh, sorry, I uh, we you know I've got off the, the pitch a bit there, but I thought that was a, you know he's a bit of a funny bugger. Yeah, yeah. The way, but the way the television presenter you know said it was it was, it was classic. If you can't, I can't remember who was on there, but uh, yeah, if I think of it, I'll send you the link. It was worth watching. Yeah, yeah, no, he was eccentric, but a great songwriter. We can't argue with that one. And, no, no. You know, on a, do, do you guys, that song, you like that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really do. 
at, at the time I thought it was a bit mushy, but you know, as the years go by, I think I do, I do get mushier. And uh, yeah, we all do. It's 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 you hit the nail on the head there, Darren. Uh, the sim- simplicity of the video. Yeah. And you can tell when her tears come, there's something she's thinking about. Yeah. And at the time when I when you saw it, you thought, oh well, she's been brokenhearted. But I didn't realise it was about her mum. And that's mm. that's that's a lovely that's a that's a lovely story to to, to add to that song. Yeah, absolutely. So she was thinking about her mum. A trigger mm. the memory. Yeah. But what was the song really written about? Yeah, well, that would be down to Prince. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that mm. even. It was about a t- <laughs> it was about a table tennis match. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, it was about a table tennis match. Uh, Prince was playing the, uh, the, the, the 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 world champion from China, yeah. and uh, he basically turned around and said, "Nothing compares to you, man," and he stormed off. Are <laughs> we talking about his serve? Who knows? <laughs> well, I, I think it's great. So, so I was going to say, yeah. I just want to add a footnote. I I flew um, from Dublin to Exeter, and. Uh, I was sitting alongside Sinead O'Connor. It would have been about 2013, 2014. Just glad I didn't get into a fight with her. Yeah, was she was she was she a nun at the time? No, no, she was not a nun. She, uh, um, I, I, you know how it is. You see someone on the, on a plane and going somewhere like X. You think, why are they going there? I never quite worked it out and never asked mm-hmm. her either. But, uh, the nunnery. She was heading to the nunnery. That's where she was. <laughs> she went. She managed through that phase. She went through a phase of. Uh, I'm a lesbian, but I don't like women, and uh, or something like that. And then she had a go with Pope John Paul, uh, which left her not very popular in the Republic, especially. And then, and then, and then she she went through a phase of hating the Pope but becoming a nun. Yeah, you know, didn't yeah. she? She ripped the Pope's photo up, didn't she? On um... she did, she did. On an yeah. Irish yeah. chat show host program. Right. Yeah, Dave Burton would. Was spitting. Apparently, she didn't he do was. It in rehearsal. In rehearsal, she ripped. I think it was a picture of a, a refugee child or something like that. And they went yeah. outside for the show, and she changed it to the Pope. Yeah, yeah. tortured genius, perhaps. Yeah, mm. yeah. or just yeah. tortured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay, we might get some more great songs from her one day. Yeah, she's been. She's done. Prince is dead now. Ain't gonna write anymore. <laughs> no, he won't. Brilliant. So, what are we over to? Is it David? Yeah, to you, on, on to me now. So, um, slight change of tone uh, for for this one. Going to 1986 off his album. So it's Peter Gabriel and In Your Eyes. So, yeah, great song. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I think many many people would think this is probably his best love song that that he ever uh, wrote and sang. And I hadn't really appreciated it until I researched it a little bit that the the lyrics, when you listen to them, um, they'll actually conjure up uh, stories or or thoughts around love. Um, you know, lines like "I'm in your eyes, I am complete," or "In your eyes, I am complete." But also, it's about relationships between people and God. Um, so he uses uh, a line in here, I see the doorway to a thousand churches. As ever with, with Gabriel, everything is not quite as it seems. It's a lot deeper in terms of what he produces. But probably the, the, the aspect of it that makes it a different song is the fact that he has 
uh, Yusu Endor singing back up on the track. So it gives you that different melody, a rich vocal texture in there. Um, and even towards the end of the, the song, he's um, singing in his own native tongue from, from Senegal on there. So it's, it's a song which I love. And I wasn't quite sure when Gabriel had actually got to know um, Yusu Endor, uh, but it was in, in 1984. Um, they they were performed, started performing together, got to know each other, uh, and then Endor did join in on the the So tour as well. So I think it was probably that great period for for him just to get that global exposure, uh, and then he also joined in on Biko song. So good collaboration, something that worked very well. But for me, if I think of a, a love song that I really just am so happy to put on and listen to and just. Uh, delve into it uh, in your eyes. Yeah, so um, is Jim Kerr on that as well? One well, beat, oh, oh, Jim, in your Jim eyes. Jim Kerr is uh, backing vocals on that track. Oh, okay. I've got a funny suspicion. Hey, carry on, I'll have a quick look. Yeah, yeah I, I think I I think that's a fantastic choice, David. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned before we went on, on air that um, you know, I, I, I got up at about seven this morning and, and I listed about 27, 30 songs that um, <clears throat> were, you know, they could have easily squeezed into the top four. And I missed this one out. And I just love this song. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's off a, a wonderful album. So yeah. I think that's when he was, you know, at, at the peak of his, uh, sure. his, yeah, his, his songwriting. And I'm just looking at the first, the first uh, few lines of that song. And uh, they just, they really do oh. head home. We've all been there. It's great. Yeah. Great song. It's very good. Brilliant choice. Yeah, Jim Kerr's on backing vocals. Just check the, oh, you'll have to okay. do. Yeah. So we've yeah. got another Simple Minds connection in this, this week as well. Yeah. Well done, everyone. <laughs> um, so going to come back round to yourself, Alan. I'll give you a chance just to sort your albums out. <laughs> Show us the next oh. one. Come <laughs> on. Okay. Right, where am I? Number three. Number three. Okay. This uh, I'm gonna go back to 1978 with this one. Um written by a chap called Peter McNeish. Uh you might know him otherwise as Pete Shelley oh. from a band called the Buzzcocks. Brilliant. And uh, the track is uh, Ever Fallen in Love with Someone You Shouldn't Have. Shoot. Really is. <laughs> and um, if that was on uh, Pick of the Pops, you might have got a couple of points, um, depending where the brackets are in that particular song. Uh, you might have. But uh, yeah, so this was a cracking fastly sung and played love song. Um, the actual title came from um, there's the, the film called Guys and Dolls. I'm not really familiar with it, but um, it, I know that Marlon Brando is is yeah. is is one of the characters, and there's a lady in it who says to Brando uh, something like, "Wait till you fall in love with someone you shouldn't have." Uh, and that's where he got the idea. Um, so it's a classic uh, pop song, um, a punk punk fusion. 
I think at that time, 1978, a lot of, you know, so this was labelled punk, new wave. A lot of the songs were, you know, anti, anti, anti-establishment yeah. type, type songs, political, um, you know, call them what you will. But this was a punk new wave song about, about love, you know, and there weren't that many of those around, really, if you think about it. Um, so, yeah, a, a great tune, um, great playing on, on, you know, an instrument, on some, some great production on it as well. And, of course, um, uh, it was a very short song, yeah. uh, clocked in at 2 minutes 40, you know, ideal for radio play. Mm. Um, got a lot of coverage on the radio, appeared you know, a number of times on top of the box with it. Um, it well, I can remember now the, the kind of the iconic uh, sleeve it came in, it's like a pinky colour, uh, designed by Malcolm Garrett of Assorted Images, um, <laughs> really famous um, cover designer. And it was only the other day I realised uh, what the Assorted Images had in, in a connection to the name Malcolm Garrett. And of course, it's the second the second letter of images and the fourth letter of images. Oh, nice. <laughs> that, you know, very I missed clever. that completely. Anyway, as a side, very clever. Um, uh, yeah, so, you know, he heard this, he saw this this film, and then the next day he went out and he wrote the song in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a van. He wrote it, in a, you know, in, in, a, in a couple of, couple of hours. Um, you know, at the time, I thought this is about a bloke. He's singing about a girl. Yeah. Oh. And about seven years later, um, uh, Peter revealed that it was actually about a man uh, who he'd lived with for seven years. And um, I, I hadn't appreciated that at the time that, that the guy was bisexual. Um, you know, he was, you know, he married him. Poor guy and he died a couple of years ago. Um, but what a classic song that is, and the the the, myth, the second you hear the the beginning of that song, you know what it is. It's just got a you just know what's coming next. It's that sort of song, and you know the the words. The song starts with. Well, I can't remember. I can't imagine anybody sitting down and writing this. But the first word first words are "You spurn my natural emotions." I'd never come up with anything. I couldn't. If he said, "Right, what, sit down and write a love song," you'd never ever come up with that. No. It's fantastic. Really uh, um, for me, it's it's a sign, you know, a, a song of the times. But I still regularly, you know, play, listen to the Buzzcocks. Uh, I think it was only last week. I think uh, the week before was yeah. um, the album "Love Fights." Okay. Again, with a classic. Um, the uh, images design fantastic album they they really were a great band um it's still going in some guys or other uh, but they'll never be the same without peter mcneish so that's my third choice have you have you ever fallen in love with someone you shouldn't have fallen in love with them is the way is the way there i wouldn't tell it to your face mark <laughs> god bless it <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, those were the days. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant song, Alan. Love that. Right. And again, I wouldn't profess to be a massive fan, but I got 
is it Operator's Manual, I think, Double LP, uh, Greatest Hits, and I'm putting yeah, that it on. Yeah, it is. Very often, I'll bang that one on, and yeah, and that song particularly. He's up there with Orgasm Addicts as the two that I really Yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you should have seen the look on my mama's face when I brought that home. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Great song. Great choice. Yeah, she was she was thinking of the milkman at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I think Mark's that, that's your cue now. My cue. Well, following on from the uh, common baby light and fire and uh, big balls, my <laughs> third choice is uh, I'm keeping your poop in a jar by Hesse Dixie. <laughs> <laughs> I told you to never uh, this, mention. Okay. <laughs> this uh, this reminds me of uh, a doctor who gave me an endoscopy seven years ago. And uh, <laughs> no, okay, you want the you want the, you want the real choice, right? Um, the third choice is uh, is actually it's a bit closer to, to my heart than that. It's by the three degrees, and it's when will I see you again? Um, so I, I first fell in love with this song. Oh, precious moments. I fell in love with this song at a very young age, and it was thanks to my mum. She said, so in 1979, my, my granny, May Kennedy, God rest her, she, she was taken very suddenly uh, with an asthma attack at the age of 59. Um, we left her on the porch. Mum was a hairdresser at the time. Um, we left Graham with granny with her, her rollers in her hair and um, the song at the time, we were in the car, I was about six, was the three degrees when will I see you again, which was quite prophetic and profound uh, because mum never got to see gran again and none of us did and uh, I remember my mum reminded me of, of that um, years later and it just stuck with me and of course I don't want to be maudlin. <laughs> it's called Too the late. first one reminds me of dad. Too late. Uh, this one reminds me of mum. It reminds me of gran. And and now it's a bit like David David Bowie's song. Everyone says hi. I keep thinking of people people gone. You know um, whether it's you know my, my uncles or my mum and dad or our friends I've lost. Um, yeah, it's more than a love song. There's like another dimension to it. Um, I'm sure it was just written. I mean, it was written for the the, the, um, the three degrees of something completely different as a, a Philly soul, and uh, I think it got the. It was one of those great songs that, like Vienna, only got the number two in the charts. It was beaten to the top spot by Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas. So, for the same reason as uh, when you were Sweet Sixteen, this this song as well. Uh, anywhere, if, if I hear it standing in a shopping centre, you remember those days we could stand in a shopping centre, uh, or, or it comes on the radio and I'm driving the car, I, I just can't help it. I just I well up. But it's such a lovely tune as well. And uh, like like everything else that is, is brilliant, it's so simple. It's so simple. The lyrics are, are, are um, simple and it just... Uh, yeah, it conjures conjures up that that lo- that lovely image of um, um, pe- people long gone, but hopefully we'll we'll all see them again. Yeah, lovely, great choice. Yeah, I've never thought of it of that song in that way. Hmm. I've always thought of people 
uh, or a lover, you know, that really, rather than somebody's moved on. So look at that song in a different way now. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but I am am thinking of Jenny Kerr as well. (laughs) (laughs) I have to get after get her every time. (laughs) I mean, there are, yeah, I mean, there there are those two aspects to it. I think for me, it's more about, um, you know, when will you see those loved ones again? But it does, I mean, it has that lovely interpretation. Yeah. You can you can take it both ways, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's still a, yeah, it's still a lovely tune, um, love, love song. And the lovely, the way it's sung as well is yeah. is excellent, isn't it? Can, oh, yeah. You see, now do it. Precious moment. I could have sworn Sheila Ferguson was sitting in front of me there. Yeah, you never see me and in the same room. <laughs> Alan, you have to be three points to that. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. And I, I think that Prince Charles, uh, Prince oh, Charles' yeah. favourite band are Great well, Porta. Yeah. yeah, he was a big fan of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not going to work on the, on the podcast. You can't. Uh, we can't hear it. Alan, you, you, you've missed your vocation. Opportunity not really good. missed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where will I see you again? Yeah. I, I think we better move on then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Darren, Darren, well, if, if you can they, compose yourself. I, I don't think I can for a minute. <laughs> Okay, um, this is weird because I didn't even realise this until right now. But this has got a tenuous link to Alan. This one, so I might as well keep the theme going. Oh um, right, this will be really quick because I don't think you guys. I might be wrong, but I don't think you'll be aware of this. You'll be aware of his band, but not his solo work. So this is a Welsh singer born well, born in Wales in 1970. Um, he's called Martin Rossiter, and he was the lead singer of a 90s band called Gene, who you may have heard of. Um, yeah, they were always labeled as a kind of Brit pop band, uh, but Martin Rossiter was never really happy with that. Um, he didn't want to be Brit pop, he was a socialist, felt very uncomfortable with the idea of nationalism at the time. And choice changed his mind a bit now, who knows? But, but they recorded four albums, Gene, very, very critically acclaimed, um, probably never got quite the recognition they deserved. But he released a solo album in 2012 uh, called The Defenestration of St. Martin. So basically chucking himself out the window, the desire to want to chuck himself out a window would be the literal meaning of it. But this album, um, it came out on pledge music with very little fanfare. Um, It came and went very quickly, but is one of the greatest albums ever written, in my opinion. Uh, one that you guys really should check out. Um, there's, um, I could have really chosen a few songs off it, and I didn't know until last week that, that it would be in my top four. But there's one called I Want to Choose When I Sleep Alone. He's a very good wordsmith, and his lyrics are brilliant. And the more you read them, the more, more poignant they become. Um, the, there's a lot of different, different people say different things about what the lyrics mean. But essentially, I want to choose when I sleep alone. He's single, perhaps longing for that relationship or that special somebody and struggles to find it. Um, 
he is now happily married. So if that was personal, he's now <laughs> sorted it out. So he's all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen to the album. Listen to that song in particular. He's actually. Um, they, I, I'm due to go and watch him live for the final time because I think it's arthritis he's got really badly, or something that means he can't play and perform anymore. And his gig's been postponed twice. His kind of farewell gig. And it's now been rescheduled for November. So I am really looking forward to that one. He's had a big disagreement, or the band have had a big disagreement. So he only performs solo now with a new band, which has caused quite a lot of, quite a lot of, um, what's the word, disrest, I suppose, between the bands. Discord. Yeah, Discord. Yeah, there's quite a lot going on. I think it's turned legal and things like that. But absolutely brilliant. And that song in particular is fantastic. Good one. Yeah, I've heard of Gene. Yeah. I haven't heard any of their stuff. I know um, one of my best mates from home in Tembe, Nicky Lloyd, he's a massive <laughs> fan. He yeah. really, really rates them. Um, I, yeah, I, I think I've seen their stuff in the shops. Yeah, they've um, re released all four albums, actually. Yeah, yeah, I think they yeah. Just done a re-release package of it. Yeah. yeah, I need to check these out. I really need to check this guy out. Oh, so uh, you know. Gene's first album, Olympian, is yeah. absolutely superb. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And this solo album, the demonstration. Have a listen, honestly. Yeah. When yeah. Did so is it, the pledge, is it still available? Um, it's available still from Bandcamp on CD. Oh, um, right. The vinyl now is about £150 upwards, I think. For a yeah. yeah. It's just him and his piano for the majority of the album, and it's stunning. All right, good. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'll give it to listen. I'll have a listen to that when it, when the when all the songs are attached to our next podcast mm -hmm. release. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah. To know all your thoughts and everybody <laughs> listening. Cool. Darren, when did it come out? 2012. Okay. 2012. So it's album he's done to date so 2012 was when someone said oh dave you really got to do this pledge so what's that so you you told me that i had to pledge and and pay for it. i think it's just in download in those days wasn't it yeah uh, it digital been. so yeah. I've, I've got it i've got it in digital form oh have you yeah. ah, excellent only yeah. because you told me to oh brilliant i don't remember that but i'm glad i did <laughs> have you listened to it much uh, not much, but I have. But it came up on on rotation, uh, not this week, but the week before. You know, just playing okay. my, my library, so always good when oh, you hear something comes out. Yeah, the op the opening track I think is about ten minutes long, and it's again, long stunt every track is stunning. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, yeah. good to seeing him. Cheers. Next one. Okay, next one, 1966. A song about love so strong you can't envisage life without it. It's actually a What really... a shit year. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for all you Englanders out there. Apologies, David. You can have a dub, but... <laughs> no, it's going to be in there. The people can come gunning for you. Um... <laughs> you wouldn't have upset our listener in Iraq, though. That'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. Oh, great song. Oh, off Pet Sounds. An amazing piece of work. Compelling lyrics that go with it and really very simple as well. But the harmonies, man, the harmonies on that. You, you can't ask mm. for any more. Um, almost like a perfect song. And indeed, so perfect that 
the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame have included it as one of the 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. No, I, 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 didn't I mean, for the, uh, 1966. Yeah. Yeah. Come up. Did you know? Did, did, did you know that uh, Paul McCartney, Sir Paul McCartney, listed "God Only Knows" as the greatest love song ever written? Okay. Well, it gets in our sixteen yeah. then. Yeah. Brilliant. Do you know what? That was actually that was my number five. That got ditched this morning. It was Ooh, well, yeah. Fantastic song. Lovely, lovely yeah. tune. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Um, harmonies, fantastic. I mean, the, yeah, the production on that is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I think the original version would be mono, I suppose. It would be, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, you can imagine them doing that. Um, great, 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 as you say, Pet Sounds, great album. And I did see them in 1980, so, and obviously this is one that they did, and it, I, I didn't need that at the time to to make me love it even more. But it certainly, once you've seen it, seen mm. them perform it, that that just brings it on a little bit more on there. But again, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I've been choosing my songs, it's about probably more about the the, the tunes and the construction. That the words are important. But it's something that you can just put on and just lose yourself in the music. Mm, no, yeah, I agree. It's actually that's um, such a big song and very, very tricky for any bands to cover, which bands have covered. But there's a version by a band called Diesel Park West from the early nineties. All right, yeah, actually, is a stunning cover. Yeah, if you get the chance to listen to that, see what you think. Yeah, I've definitely got one of their albums. Hmm. On yeah, CD. Quite a big one there in the 90s, yeah. Yeah, I'll have to have a look at that. Yes, not a bad cover either. Of course, the challenge is getting the getting the harmonies, and it's you know for for the Beach Boys, they're they're brothers and a cousin, aren't they? So it's the, the, yeah, the, the harmonisation mm. comes naturally if it's the right way of mm. describing it. So if yeah. Diesel Park West have come up with a with a you know a good version at least, then then that'd be worth listening to. Yeah, well, good in my view, but I'll be glad to hear everybody's feedback. <laughs> I suppose the opportunity uh, to do multi-track is, was was less in the in 1966 than it was, in, you know, say in the 90s, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Brian Wilson was was, was doing it then. Hmm? Brian Wilson was, I mean, he was up there, wasn't he, in the early days of yeah. uh, engineering and production. So he probably got yeah. squeezed as much as he could out of it. I don't know. They were, it would have been cutting and splicing tape in those days. No, they wouldn't have been able to do that. Very clever. Yeah. Good choice. That's a, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't you can't say more than that. It's just, uh, yeah, I'm great that one of us shows it in, in the top four. Okay. I'm so glad because it nearly made it into my pretty please put it in there. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Okay, last lap, guys. Um, Alan. Right, okay. Me, number four. Uh, this is a closing track on this guy's fifth studio album. Uh, came out in 1983. The album was called Night and Day. And the, uh, the album itself was more famous for a single... Uh, a single called Stepping Out and the guy is Joe Jackson 
and the song uh, I've selected says so the last track on the album and it's called A Slow Song and um, at the time uh, when I bought the album obviously you, you know you would, would be you know as soon as you got an album you tended maybe to play the, the singles and that uh, but you know I gradually worked my way where I was playing the whole album through and then I got to this track and um, it's just a fantastic it's just a great idea the first thing what 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 Joe um, was thinking about he said he said you know imagine yourself you know you're as as he slowly developed his American slang uh, you're with that special person uh, late at night and he said uh, I can remember and see staying this live you're winding down and you're waiting for the right song to have a slow dance to and he was saying you know, remember uh, as we all did you know look forward to at the end of the evening looking forward to a slow song as we did uh, from, um, a lot of us uh, particularly me in question used to stand and watch but anyway yeah he said you know people at the end of the at the end of a, a night used to look forward to a slow song uh, they said look in now they don't seem to do that you know they don't have slow songs anymore so he said that's why i've written this song and um it's um it's a smoochy one for certain and it it gradually builds and builds and there's some great um keyboard solos going through towards the end which is joe of course and i've just whenever i play the album that it's from uh, night and day i always look forward to to, to listening to this song and um i i, I actually ended up um you know I was, I was actually djing when this album came out um in the, in the hostel i was in and also a few branches and i was asked to do the odd birthday party and that so i found myself playing this track as the last track of the evening um you know purposely so you know people had something to smooch to but it was something different as well and maybe if you were still sober enough to listen to the words without snogging your uh, partner's face off um you know it, it was a really really nice really really nice song and uh, i find it very romantic when i listen to it um but uh, the opening line i find uh, i find interesting he says music has charms they say but in some people's hands, it becomes a savage beast. So, just interesting, you know how you, you know, you know you, you you could how you could interpret that. But yeah, great, great, um, great album, great track. He's a guy I've I've followed all the way from his first album, and uh, his latest album was out a couple of years ago called Dave. Uh, funnily enough. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, great, great guy, great performer, and um, just a great song. So uh, yeah, clocks in seven minutes thirteen seconds. Nice one. I went to see him on the night and day tour at Hammersmith, and um, I always remember because in the interval he was playing night and day. Or is it Frank Sinatra? Frank Sinatra. Night and day, day and night, whatever, whatever. But no, great album. 
Yeah, I don't know it at all. That's a song I'm going to really enjoy listening to as well. Yeah, same here. It was quite yeah. gear change, wasn't it? Or step change when he came out, or that album came out, wasn't it? Alan, a, a change in style, which he liked, liked doing, reinventing himself. Yeah, he did. Um, I think just before the album before was the jazz one he did, uh, jazz covers. Uh, but yeah, he's a great, great performer. And um, he's one of these guys kind of under the radar of most people. I think if you, yeah. you know what you like, Joe Jackson, you'll, you know, you you, you want to hear more. Be crazy, Jimmy. Uh, um, Be crazy. No, there was Jumping Jive. Jumping Jive. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. yeah. Uh, that's really yeah. good. Um, yeah, so that's my four. Um, whether you would, the listeners would consider those, them to be truly romantic. Uh, they're romantic enough for me. And that's, that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Daz. <laughs> and I am unanimous in that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Mr. Hollywood, your fourth choice. Yeah. Okay, following on from Big Balls and I'm keeping your poop <laughs> in a jar, it's um, <laughs> My Savage Beast by Alan Jones. That's what you think about. Yeah, that's what he was thinking of in that song. Uh, no, it's... <laughs> so my my fourth final and I think arguably it's up there with uh, God Only Knows by the Beach Boys however it wasn't a, a chart hit in any way shape or form but when he performed it live um, it was just pretty magical it's from one of my big influences another one of them Billy Joel uh, who God he could write a he could certainly write a love song just the way you are She's always a woman. This one's called She's Got Away. And uh, he wrote it for his first wife. Um, he's been through the bill. Um, he's, you know, he's reformed alcoholic and all the rest of it. But uh, his first wife, uh, her name was Elizabeth. Uh, he wrote this for her. And uh, it's off the first album, his first ever album in 1971 called Cold Spring Harbor. And uh, yeah, the, the words just, they do it for me. Um, and you could tell that he was kind of, you know, uh, she, she had a, a huge impact on his life. Uh, if you ever want to listen to uh, the, the actual lyrics and, and you want to listen to it and sung passionately, uh, I'd recommend listening to it off the uh, song, Songs in the Attic album from 1978. Um, Alan, you're you're a big fan of um, Billy, yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm well. I'm sure you'd agree on this one, but uh, just some 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 of the, the words uh, like she's got a way about her. I don't know what it is, but I know that I can't live with her. She's without her. Uh, she's got a smile that heals me. Um, I have to laugh when she reveals me. Once again, very simple but very very effective in getting the message across. And um, there was a little footnote, I think, on on the uh, on the songs in the, the Alec album. Even though him and his first wife Elizabeth had split, um, he he did note in the songs in the Alec. He said written in 1970, um, but I still feel the same way. And for many years after that, he, he, I don't think he he, he got over that. Um, but um, it's for me, it's. 
it it epitomizes what true love is about and uh, true love for someone and it doesn't necessarily have to be lusting or you have to um you know end up married to them but they can be a huge huge influence in your life and uh it, it could be platonic it could be more than that but this 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 actually reminds me of someone um and who i met about 20 odd years ago in dundee and i rekindled the friendship about two years ago uh we've all moved on since then but every lyric of this song actually reminds me of uh of this of this person and um she you know she she's she was a big influence then she's an influence of my life now and uh we're, we're best of pals and so i dedicate this one to her uh, if, if she's ever listening and uh, just uh, to say thanks, Claire, for all your, your love and support all those years back. And it's been good meeting up again uh, in, in recent times. So She's Got Away by Billy Joel. Absolutely. Uh, for me, it, it, as I said, it's uh, probably one of the most beautiful love songs ever written. Yeah, I could have easily, I could have easily put in uh, Billy Joel. I was thinking, uh, you know, just the way you are. And also... Um, uh, Theme, scenes from an Italian restaurant. Oh, yeah, that's great. yeah, that's I'm thinking great. of that. You know? uh, yeah, but, yeah, great song. Sorry, I need yeah. to come in. I need to come in here with my fourth choice. Oh, oh. <laughs> go for it! Come on, man, nice segue. It, it's a, it's, it's a singer we all enjoy. This was a song about his first wife called Elizabeth. Um, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, Sounds familiar. Um, a pure expression of unconditional love. He gave the song to her as a present, but they divorced nine years later. And uh, it's Billy Joel's Just The Way You Are off The Stranger. Brilliant. Uh, uh, but yeah, it, nicely done. But interesting what I've discovered, he, he did a, He did realise that um, over the years, and I think after that he had another two failed marriages, didn't it? or marriages which were short, put it that way. Yeah. Um, he actually admitted every time he wrote a song for someone he was in a re relationship with, it didn't last and it became a kind of <laughs> curse. So um, he, he, he was getting around to thinking, well, here's a song we might as well just separate now. <laughs> it's funny It's funny you say that because uh, there's a song of his Stormfront album uh, released in 1989. It's the one where um, we didn't start the fire. It came off it. But the last song on side B, if we're talking about vinyl here, it's called And So It Goes. Oh. And it's quite fatalistic. Uh, it's it's almost him conceding yeah. Yeah. that his marriage to Christy Brinkley is going to go the same way as the rest of them. Um, <laughs> have, have, you, have you ever heard, you know, have you ever listened to the lyrics to it? Yes, but I can't remember them right now. Um, so I think the last line, I'll just get it very quickly. Um, so I would choose to be with you. That's that's if the choice were mine to make, but you can make decisions too, and you can have this heart to break. In other words, you're not, you know, you're too good for me, and this is going to end. This is going to end at some stage, and it'll be your decision. Um, yeah. So every time he wrote a song, and shortly after that, him and um, Brinkley, um, they finished. Great choice, though, just the way you are. There's so many of Billy Joel's. He's just uh, so many. Yeah. 
Go on, carry on, Daz. We'll have a think. I'm going to say, glad he's in there twice. Uh, it could have been free. He was on my shortlist as well. Yeah, it could have been. I could have been in there. Yeah, absolutely. He was bound to be in there, wasn't he? What was the, the last track of my life? Uh, is it um, Until the Night? Until the Night, yeah. Until the Night. That's another that's, nice uh, that was That's off the 52nd Street album. 52nd Street, I knew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From 1978. Yeah. yeah. And, and for fans of Billy Joel, it'll be a spin-off podcast. The... Uh, Billy Joel Appreciation <laughs> Society will will be rocking and rolling very soon. Uh, we and Mark went to see him, didn't we? Mark, you met us. Yeah, I went a, a total fluke. Total fluke. Uh, that, that I bumped into you that night. I mean, what are the chances? There were I don't know twenty thousand people going to that. In <laughs> well, we knew you were going. We knew. Oh, oh did you? Did we agree to meet though? Yeah, it's not like me to agree to meet you. <laughs> we booked up, we booked tickets independently, and then found out afterwards oh, right. we were both going. Right, we were going. So, I, are you <laughs> sure? I agreed to that. Yeah, <laughs> you may have been a bit pissed yeah. at the time. I'm reckoning. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> Brilliant. That was a good night, Dad. Yeah, we weren't sitting together. That's why I think. Okay. No, you're with. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're with your uh, you're with your daughter, weren't you? Yeah, sure. She was just back from she was just back from the slaughter as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Okay, guys, let's let's move on now. Darren, you have the honour of uh, the sixteenth and last romantic song. Okay, excellent. Thank you. So, um, I think you guys know me well enough now to realise that the chances are I'm going to put a. A song by the mighty U2 in there. <laughs> uh, I was between two. So it, the, one nearly made it in, um, as in one, the song one. Um, this was, it means a lot to me, that song, apart from being beautifully written anyway. Um, but it's uh, a friend of mine back when we were in our early 20s passed away and he had that one at his funeral. So I thought, actually, I've done, I'll just put yeah. that one over there for a minute. And I'm going to go for another one, which um, is All I Want Is You. Um, a real story, thanks. I think Mark's got the thumbs up. He likes that one. Um, a real story of unrequited love. Um, again, it's another song that's made not so much from the lyrics, but from the the way it builds and the instrumentation in it. Um, it builds and builds and builds, and you can feel the passion growing. And the video, it's another one where the video really makes it. If you haven't seen the video, uh, it's all filmed in black and white. It's a kind of homage to the 1930s film Freaks, um, set in kind of um, a circus slash freak show. Um, and it's about a dwarf guy that falls in love with a trapeze artist. And she seems to reciprocate. She seems to like him. But she's with another guy, a kind of strong man from the circus. And um, there's kind of the connotation there that he might be abusing her but no nobody's quite sure and she keeps falling in love with um i've forgotten his name what's the dwarf guy called i doesn't say but he's played by paolo risi um and at the end one of them dies and we're not quite sure you see the dwarf climbing up the to the, the trapeze and falls 
but then you see him, you, you get the visuals of him kind of almost flying out of a tent. So you're assuming he's died. But then at the end, there's a, a full-size coffin and you don't see her. And then you do see the dwarf looking over the grave. And the band have never really ever admitted who died at the end. There was a little quip from the edge saying, oh, it's obviously the trapeze eyes because the dwarf fell on her. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't think that's quite true. But um, and I just think this single, the, the B-sides on the original version as well were the covers of um, Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers and Everlasting Love by Love Affair. And those two covers as well, I think just perfectly complemented that single. Uh, if you haven't heard those covers, again, I was sure we'll do a covers show at one point, but Unchained Melody would probably be in there. Uh, yeah. Everything about that single, from the song, the video, the single, the B-sides, I loved everything about it. I, I can tell you now that it wasn't the dwarf who was dead at the end. Because he was in a wheelie bin? He ended up in a wheelie bin in Newcastle. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Mark. I knew that was coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, we, I suppose we should put a disclaimer in and say you need to listen to previous podcasts to understand that. Thank you. You've just done that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, anybody else? That song, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. So, Brilliant. I was telling you earlier before we came on air about uh, I, I, I was up at seven, blitzed about 20, 25, 30 songs. All I want is you. I think it's head and shoulders above every other U2 ballad. Yeah. I, you know, I think I've stuck in the middle with you. I think of one. Uh, I think with or without you. Oh, God, so many. So yeah. many great songs. Yeah. This one, All I Want Is You, it's haunting. Yeah. And the video complements that as well. And, uh, yeah, my, mate, my mate's in the video. And... Uh, Beautiful, great choice, great choice for top four. Yeah. The video, actually, I want to re-watch the video, and it's hard to track down. It's on the YouTube.com website, which is where I found it, but it keeps being taken off YouTube, apparently. Rights and things, and you know. But if anyone wants to look at it, it I recommend rather than just listening to it, watching the video, and it is on YouTube.com. So. What album is it from? Is it is it Acton Baby? Uh, that is on... No, oh, Rowan Hum. Rowan Hum, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, one, one was on Acting Baby, the other one I spoke about, but this one's yeah. on. Yeah. I was struggling there. Oh, actually, yeah. Um, yeah, I've got that on vinyl. I've got that. This one oh, here. Give that a listen. Yeah, I've got it. I've got it, yeah. Yeah. Picked it up for two quid, I think. Yeah, yeah, you get yeah, good deals yeah. on it still. Great album as well. Yeah, man. When they were going through their kind of America phase. That's right, America yeah. And, yeah, the documentary was all set in America. Yeah, yeah, lots yeah. of film, black and white, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's big, yeah. No, that's, that is a nice song. Mm. I didn't know about the... I can't remember watching the video. I'm, I'm not really much for videos, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I'll have to try and have, have a look at it. Yeah. You've no, sold yeah. it to yeah. me. Yeah, great. Thank you. Guys, I was just going to say before we close because we've had great, great number of songs on here, but I think we all had B lists or five to whatever. Um, I just had a quick look at mine, so I did have uh, Billy Joel's "Just the Way You Are" on there. I had "Still in Love with You" by Thin Lizzy on there, but yeah. there's, there's some other ones like the Beatles' "Something in the Air." Oh, with, yeah, with, some, I, I had something, and I had yeah, I had something, and I had Norwegian Wood. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I, I, yeah, because I, I have I've woken up and I'm, I have woken up in a bathtub 
the next morning. If you listen to rumors to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was playing it. I was playing it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I even had some country on my shortlist. Bit of Garth Brooks was on there. There's so many. Oh. I must have got rid of 40 or 50. And I thought I'd struggle to find four, but got rid of so many. Well, I have to say, I didn't have Garth Brooks. He, he uh, released um, Shameless. That was a Billy Joel song. Okay. I had, yeah, I had Blue by You by Roy Orbison. Yeah. Tupelo Honey, Tupelo Honey by Van Morrison. Nice. Um, Everything Michael Bublé, Purple Rain by Prince. Sorry about that, Darren. Okay. Oh, great song. I, and uh, I had um, Islands in the Stream oh. by Dolly and Kenny. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had some Elvis I, in there as well. I can't help falling in love, you know? Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> love of my life. Go in there. Yeah. Love, oh, here, here are two. Love of my life by Queen. I, I wanted to get in there. The live version from Rio. And uh, we're all big Genesis fans. Follow you, follow me. It's a beautiful ballad. It's on my list. On my list. What, yeah. what about yeah. Elton John's Your Song? Yeah. Oh yeah, well yeah, of course. Paul McCartney, yeah, of course. maybe I'm amazed. Yes, here we go. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you I, guys, I think we probably need Deliber- to wrap it up. I yeah. kind of deliberately didn't. I thought I need three because at the beginning it was three, mm. and I sort of had these wrapped up, you know, in about yeah. a couple of days. Really, I didn't, I didn't sort of fester on it. Because I thought if I'm gonna if I come up with more, I'll never be able to get them down. So yeah, uh, that was our problem. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well let, let's. I think let's that was. Sorry, go on, Mark. We finish. No, sorry. I think I think that was the toppest one yet to to choose to to narrow them down to three or four songs. Uh, that's definitely been the toughest one yet. Yeah. Yeah. Great though. Thank you all very much. Yeah. Likewise. Definitely. Yeah. So, there's certainly some work to narrow, as I said. Particularly with Darren, I didn't see those coming. <laughs> no, neither did I, really. <laughs> okay. It's only words, so. though. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Very good. Okay, we haven't yet decided what uh, next, the next show's uh, choices are going to be from. Um, we'll drop that in Facebook, so please share your comments and any thoughts and any feedback that you have. And... I'll, I'll, as I say, I will give uh, uh, the suggestions or, sorry, I give the names uh, of the next podcast. I give that middle of the week so people can then come up with their contributions. Sometimes it's quite helpful, I find, get to some things going. So it only leaves me for, sorry, only leaves me to say goodbye and have a good week to everyone. So bye, guys. Yeah, see ya. Thanks, guys. All the best. Fine. Cheers. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Thank you. Bye. Bye.